0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Mimetic Exegete podcast. I'm your host, Simon Skidmore. In the last episode, we began our study in the book of Joshua. Joshua picks up the narrative at the end of the book of Deuteronomy. Moses transfers his spirit to Joshua, who is then commissioned to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. In chapter 2, Joshua sends spies on a recon mission that gets sidetracked. Rather than completing their mission and reporting back to Joshua, these spies decide to spend the night with a prostitute. When the two spies are exposed, they are forced to flee, but eventually find their way home to safety. Upon their return, the spies update Joshua on the details of their mission and excitedly proclaim, "'Truly the Lord has given all the land into our hands! Even all the inhabitants of the land melt away because of us!' In other words, the people draw courage from their enemies' fear and trepidation, which contrasts Joshua's command to be strong and courageous. Those who are bold and courageous actively pursue their desired objects without hesitation, but those who melt with fear have already forsaken their desired object and no longer have any will or motivation to fight. Such is the case of the people in Jericho, who will soon be annihilated by their Israelite enemies. Let's continue reading now from chapter 3 verse 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out for Shittim. And they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, As soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priest, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. There shall be a distance between you and it, about two thousand cubits in length. Do not come near it, in order that you may know the way that you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, Command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, Come and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Here is how you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gergashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you in the Jordan. Now therefore take twelve men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe one person, and when the soles of the feet of the priest bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand up in one heap. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the water. Now the water overflows all its banks throughout the time of the harvest. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarathan and those flowing down from the sea of the arabah the salt sea were completely cut off and the people passed over opposite jericho now the priest bearing the ark of the covenant stood firmly on the dry ground in the midst of the jordan and all israel were passing over on dry land until all the nation finished passing across the jordan when all the nation had finished passing through the jordan the lord said to joshua Take twelve men from each tribe, one man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priests' feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, who had been appointed a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in a time to come, What do these stones mean? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the Lord, when it passed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off, so these stones shall be to the people. Of Israel, a memorial forever. And the people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones out of the midst of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, just as the Lord told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there until this day. For the priests bearing the Ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished, that the Lord commanded Joshua to tell the people, according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. The people passed over in haste. And when all the people had finished passing over, the ark of the Lord and the priests passed over before the people. The sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad, the half-tribe of Manasseh, passed over armed before the people of Israel, as Moses had told them. About 40,000 ready for war passed over before the Lord for battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they stood in awe of him, just as they stood in awe of Moses all the days of his life. And the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priest bearing the ark of the testimony to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests, Come out of the Jordan, and when the priest came Bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from the midst of the Jordan, and the soles of the priests' feet were lifted up onto the dry ground, the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all its banks as before. The people came up out of Jericho on the tenth day of the month, and they encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, The Ark represents the Lord's presence among the people. Replacing the pillar of fire and cloud that led the Israelites through the wilderness, the Ark leads a community into battle and empowers them to unleash the full force of mimetic violence upon their enemies. Ancient peoples often carried statutes of their deities into battle in the hope of increasing their chances of victory, and the Israelite people certainly imitated this practice. To ensure the deity will assist in military conquest, the people must consecrate themselves by removing anything that might possibly disgust and repel their god. For example, soldiers would often abstain from sexual intercourse before entering battle, lest they become defiled and their deity abandons them. Certain protocols had to be followed to ensure the Lord would assist the people to apprehend their desired object, the land of Canaan. The Lord promises to exalt Joshua among the Israelite people. Just as the Lord empowered Moses through the power of memetic rivalry, so now Joshua will be empowered to overcome the inhabitants of Canaan. To emphasise Joshua's role as the new Moses, the waters of the Jordan are parted in an obvious echo of the Exodus narrative all the people then cross over the Jordan River, walking upon its dry riverbed, just as their ancestors crossed the Sea of Reeds on dry ground to escape Pharaoh. We are told that the waters parted when the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant touched the Jordan's edge. Here we see the Ark as the locus of the Lord's presence, empowering the people's mission to take possession of the land of Canaan. A stone monument is placed as a memorial and teaching aid for later generations. Upon asking their elders about the pile of stones jutting out from the water, curious children will be told this origin story. For we have seen this concept before. For example, the Passover ritual serves as a teaching aid for children who ask their parents about its significance. Here in our passage, the oddly placed stone monument provides a stimulus for parents to teach their children about Joshua leading their ancestors across the Jordan River into Canaan. In an ancient society which lacked the formalised institutional teaching methods of the modern world, linking rituals and geographical landmarks empowers the community to find its identity in continuity with the traditions surrounding their ancestors. Cultivating a strong communal identity in this way reduces the temptation to pursue a new identity by imitating other people groups which would otherwise generate mimetic rivalry between enemy tribes. For the original audience, either exilic or post-exilic Israel, this mode of teaching was particularly important for the community to find their identity in the traditions of their ancestors rather than seeking to create their own new identity by imitating the other people groups around them. This concern continues through chapter 5. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel at Gibeath Haraloth. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the males of the people who came out of Egypt, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come up out of Egypt. Though all the people who came out had been circumcised, yet all the people who were born on the way in the wilderness after they had come out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the people of Israel walked forty years in the wilderness until all the nation, the men of war who came out of Egypt, perished, because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. The Lord swore to them that he would not let them see the land that the Lord had sworn to their fathers to give to us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So it was their children whom he raised up in their place that Joshua circumcised for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. When the circumcising of the whole nation had finished, they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. Continuing in the tradition of their ancestors, Joshua circumcises the generation of Israelites who were born in the wilderness. Again, this act creates a common identity and draws the people together as they are all inducted into the same sacred community through the same rite of passage undertaken by their ancestors. The people begin to identify with their patriarchs rather than their slavery in the land of Egypt. The Lord states that today he has rolled away the reproach of Egypt. In other words, that chapter has passed, it's finished, the book has been closed. The people must never see themselves through the eyes of Pharaoh who views them as slaves and tools to build his empire. No, the people have been given a new identity. Or more specifically, they have rediscovered who they always were. Leaving behind their shame and degradation in Egypt, the people look back to their patriarchs and find a new identity in the promises given to them. The Passover also helps reinforce this new identity by reminding the people of their ancestors deliverance from slavery in Egypt. By observing the Passover, the people are reminded that Canaan is the legacy of their ancestors who trod this arduous and painful journey to bring the people into the promised land. Through these rites of transformation, the people accept the responsibility and privilege of realizing the promises made to their patriarchs, including taking possession of the land of Canaan. Through the Passover and circumcision in this passage, the community's shared identity is reinforced and the people are empowered to focus their desire upon the promises made to their patriarchs which will ultimately fuel Israel's conquest of the Promised Land. Israel's enemies tremble with fear and they despair in their imminent downfall when they hear that the people of Israel have dried up the waters of the Jordan and crossed over on dry land. The kings of the Canaanites know that the Israelite people have this supernatural empowerment through mimetic rivalry and violence. By contrast, the Canaanites have lost all hope of retaining their desired object of the promised land. Thanks again for joining me on the Mimetic Exegete podcast. If you'd like to continue the conversation, you may do so on the Mimetic Exegete Facebook group. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you.